Hey, what is up you guys? It's me, Kayla, also known as Love K-Ray, also known as Cauldron Convos. And today we're gonna be covering Betty Gore and Candy Montgomery, which is a true story true case that is literally crazy. There's also a new show, Love and Death. Candy Montgomery is played by Elizabeth Olsen. So I just wanted to give you guys some background on the case before you watch it or after or whoever you are. Maybe you're like, what? HBO who? Like maybe you're just living in your best life and you just watch YouTube, which same sometimes. There was also another TV show with Jessica Biel based on Candy Montgomery. So Candy Montgomery case is pretty popular within the pop culture space right now. So far as streaming services making true crime a TV show slash miniseries slash documentary slash all the things that they always do because I don't know why people are interested because that's a natural human nature because fear creates dopamine. Anyway, let's get to the video. But if you are new here, I just wanted to quickly ask you guys to please consider subscribing to this channel. So quick background, Candice, better known as Candice, Candy is an American that was accused of murdering her lover's wife, who was coincidentally one of her closest friends. The killing occurred in Wiley, Texas on June 13th, 1980, which coincidentally was a Friday the 13th. Snaps for Friday the 13th. Not that's not good, but like I love the number 13, so whatever. The victim Betty Gore was struck 41 times with an axe by Candy. But how did this affair even start? How does a 30-year-old housewife end up being lovers with her best friend's husband? And coincidentally, they're all at church together. They're all just good church Texas Christians. So how does this even happen? At 29 years old, Candy was vaguely talking to her friends about shaking it up a bit and, you know, having an affair. She wanted to shake up her very boring life and her sexually frustrating life with her husband, Pat, at the time. But she was very clear about the kind of sex that she wanted, no strings attached kind of thing. She even stated, I want fireworks. Icon. Actually not. Don't, no, don't murder your best friend because you're sleeping with their husband. You know, don't do that. That's a bad idea. The moment that she chose to sleep with her best friend, you know, from church, Slover, was in 1978, specifically on the church volleyball court. And if you haven't fallen in love at church and you're not Jewish or uh, practicing another faith, what have you been doing all your life? Why haven't you fell in love in church yet? at church if you go to church. Just like in a rom-com, Candy and Alan try to, you know, go for the same ball on the volleyball court, but they collided against each other. And that is when Candy smelled him. No, literally, that is when Candy smelled him. She literally stated that he smelled sexy. So that's it, ladies and men. If you want some, smell sexy. But then Candy noticed that Alan started joking with her more than he was joking with the other women at the parish. He teased her about her volleyball skills, which like that's kind of condescending, but whatever. Maybe she just sucked and it wasn't because she was a woman and because he was a man and he was just being condescending. And every once in a while, he'd even give her a wink. Crazy tea drama. And after choir practice, when everyone was getting in their cars, sometimes the two would chat chit chat in the parking lot, you know, a little bit extra. And then weeks went by where Candy literally had this crush on Alan, was fantasizing about sleeping with Alan. But one day Candy gained the courage to actually act on this, you know, crush that she had. It was after choir practice, naturally, who else? I mean, can't you all relate to that? After choir practice, Let's go. <laughs> Nothing gets me going like choir practice. <laughs> anyway, Candy specifically went to Alan's car while he was in it and said, Alan, I want to talk to you sometime. Something that has been bothering me for a while. 
And then Candy just bluntly asked Alan if he would be interested in having an affair with her, specifying that it's just been something I've been thinking about and I wanted to say it so I don't have to think about it anymore. I'm picturing Candy with a southern accent. Also, I like the name Candy. Is that like an uncommon opinion? Like cute name, you know? Bad things, but cute name. But first, Alan was apprehensive. He didn't know what to say. His wife was having another baby on the way. She was literally pregnant. I mean, what do you do in that moment? But he kissed her. And then she left and ran away. A few weeks passed by and Allie and Candy meet up to discuss their partners, their children, just their careers, just all of those things, just life updates, basically. And they talk to each other about thinking about the affair a little bit more. For like about a month, they would call each other back and forth about how they would have the affair, what strategies would they use to keep it concealed so that no one would find out specifically, especially their partners, because they didn't want to hurt them. How kind. Alan agreed and they met up in a motel where Candy would literally like make lunch like teriyaki chicken and all of the good stuff, all the peanut butter jelly stuff for Alan and they would do it and then they would eat that peanut butter jelly or they would do the opposite. I guess depending like if you're hungry. Well, they did that in motels for like every other week for months. But after the birth of Alan and Betty's child, just imagine Betty like pushing and Alan's like, oh my God, my baby's coming. And then you see the baby and it looks like you and your wife and you're like, holy crap, what am I doing? Why am I sleeping with Candy when I can be with Betty? Because Betty's my wife and that's wrong to sleep with Candy and Betty doesn't even know about Candy and I have a kid, I have two kids now. So he, he grew more distant from Candy, obviously, because he wanted to work on his marriage. But Candy developed feelings for Alan at this point, even though they originally wanted to keep it so that no feelings involved, just sex, no feelings. If they had feelings, they would shut it down. But uh, Candy still had feelings and she didn't want to shut it down. She was devastated that Alan wanted to pursue his marriage with his newborn child and mother and other child instead of sleeping with her in a motel eating teriyaki chicken. But she feared that she now loved him and she would be heartbroken if they stopped their affair. So what happens now? Candy is upset that Alan is wanting to work on his marriage. Well, Alan was out of town on the day that Betty Gore was murdered. He was unable to reach Betty, so he requested that the neighbors would go to the house and investigate what happened to her. They found Betty's corpse butchered, and they also found his daughter awake and crying alone who was sleeping in her crib. Now, what I'm going to be talking about will be graphic, so if you don't like graphic things, maybe just skip the next 30 seconds. I took it from an article that was very interesting. Her left arm was the first thing they noticed after opening the door. It lay in a pool of blood and fluid so thick that the arm appeared to be floating above the linoleum. To get a look at her face, the men had to walk around the ocean of red and black to get closer. What they saw was even more unsettling. Her lips were parted, showing her front teeth. The mouth fashioned into a half grin. Her hair radiated in all directions, a tangled, soaked mass of glistening black. And Betty's left eye was wide open, staring down at the gaping black craters in her arm. As to her right eye, she appeared to not have one. The entire right half of her face seemed to be gone. And after that, Candy showered in Betty's home before having lunch with friends just that afternoon. So what's the prosecution, right? We know that Candy left... We know that she had lunch that day. We know that uh, Betty was found literally butchered. But what was the prosecution like? What actually went down that night? Well, the trial was held in McKinney, Texas and lasted only eight days, which is pretty short for a trial like this. Candy pled self-defense specifically, alleging that she had defended herself after being attacked by Betty because Betty was confronting her about her affair with her husband, Alan. 
Candy specifically stated that she used an axe that Gore actually attacked her with initially. Candy underwent a polygraph test before the trial in which she actually passed, but the district attorney noted that Candy did not have to murder Betty, that she could have just fled the scene to escape, and pointing out that smacking her with an axe 41 times was a little much, you know, like if you're just trying to self-defend why would you do that 41 times? According to the Dallas Morning News, Candy's lawyer brought in a psychiatrist. He testified that Candy had a dissociative reaction and wasn't actually aware of how many times that she struck Betty because of, you know, previous trauma in her life. Candy was found not guilty on October 30th of 1980. The jury consisted of nine women and three men. As you can imagine, there were many people that were upset by this verdict with crowds yelling, murderer, 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 as Candy left the courtroom. Betty's maiden name was Pomeroy and her father, Bob Pomeroy, said, as far as I'm concerned, justice will be served. She has to live with it. I wouldn't say I was happy with the verdict. We don't know what happened and we'll never know what happened. Was Betty's father, Bob Pomeroy, right? Did Candy feel like she had to live with this on her shoulders for the rest of her life? Well, after the trial, Candy and Pat actually moved together to Georgia. But can you believe it? All of that just to be divorced four years later. Now, I found in articles that she is still living actually in Georgia. She's using her maiden name, Wheeler. Candy works as a mental health counselor. She is 72 years old, so she's pretty old. So I don't want to like say anything like Candy, if you're watching... I don't know what to say to you, actually. Obviously, it wasn't right for Candy and Alan to have an affair, and the reasons why they did that is kind of separate from this case. The whole point is, was it self-defense, or was Candy the one who wanted to murder Betty? If you enjoyed this video in any capacity, please give this a like, comment, subscribe, all of the things, and I'll see you guys next time here on this channel. Love you guys so much. Bye!